0: On the Immigration Hour, David, by the way, we got a tweet this week that said our last show was showing up as not working properly on the download.
1: Well, somebody on said, America's said web radio. I'll, I'll make sure. They tweeted the... me. They didn't tweet you. They I know. Me. I, I mean, I can't fix it so unless we, I know we, about we it. We
0: appreciate that. So it's, uh,
1: it will be uh, fixed by 11.05.
0: 11.05. David's good at fixing stuff like that. Uh,
1: uh, normally uh, it's checked and, and unless something has happened afterwards, after we check it. so Yeah,
0: maybe something, who knows. It's a computer. Things a go computer. wrong. Things go wrong. It's and, the, go, know, the ghost of the machine, as they said in Isaac Asimov's iRobot.
1: And, uh, you know, there are people that get into uh, computers. We try to avoid that and uh, keep them out, but once in a while.
0: Maybe, maybe somebody's attacking the immigration hour.
1: Well, no, I think they're coming after us regarding our gardening. uh... Well, David and I were talking about the gardening
0: update minute here where neither he or I have actually been able to plant or even get into our gardens. I was able to it two weeks ago by an act of God, but uh, since then it's just uh, a lake and David's having the same problems. But, David, I I was able to transplant. Let's see, I've got uh, 21 trays times 18, uh, what is that, about 400 plants in my basement or so?
1: You got you got more in your basement than Home Depot has in there. <laughs> so I, think, I
0: think I've got about uh, 300 tomato plants and about 150 pepper plants. And you have a large
1: variety of tomato. plants, I've got too,
0: uh, okay. 15 different types of heirloom tomatoes and and wow. 10 types of uh, heirloom uh, peppers. So we'll see how they grow this year. Uh, I'm kind of excited about it, but I got a late start planting the seedlings and. So uh, I had some friends here in Georgia who were able to plant this weekend. I'm thinking, how did you plant in the garden? Then I realized she had raised
1: beds. Oh, raised beds, yeah. Well, and raised
0: beds are great. Yeah, I mean that's and, that's and
1: mud boots on.
0: Yeah, raised bed and mud boots so you can walk around, or a pine straw and, and hay all around them. But uh, certainly you couldn't if you just in a regular dirt garden. Then you you're not doing anything right now. Well, I feel bad because now it's probably too late to plant lettuce.
1: Right, really? it's uh, well. It's going to be too
0: hot. I mean, yeah. it's going to bolt so quickly. You really won't be able to get it very, very, you know, for more than a week. And radish is the same thing. We'll, we'll bolt pretty darn quickly. But um, so maybe we'll save those for the fall and get those in in uh, in, uh, in September sometime and have a fall lettuce garden.
1: Yeah, I, I'm about at the point of that I'm going to plant tomatoes, okra, bell peppers. Maybe one, two jalapeno plants because I get so many. jalapenos. Only how many pinions can you eat? I know. <laughs> you know like, and anyway, I, I still got a freezer load of, of jalapenos that we haven't eaten. And um, I don't know. Maybe some squash. And um, you got to plant squash and zucchini. You only um, need one of those plants though because yeah, you can, <laughs> it grows all over. But that's gonna. I'm gonna bring my garden down a lot this year and not try to plant you know i'm not going to try to plant corn that's i'm not all,
0: putting corn in anymore corn is really a, a waste disaster. here you can't plant corn here it, no. unless you're planting 100 acres of it
1: it just doesn't pollinate well enough to eat no so uh no corn this year uh out in my front garden not my garden garden but my front bush garden or uh-huh. whatever it's called uh that's where my watermelon's going
0: yeah, I, I, yeah had a, you, dude. I had great vines last year, but I didn't really get any watermelon. You know what the problem is bees. you got to have bees for watermelons. Really? There aren't enough bees. There just aren't enough bees. Huh. Well. See, we'll tomatoes pollinate by air, by wind. Yeah. But uh, squash, zucchini, uh, um, and watermelon, they and melons, they they pollinate by by, uh, by Oh, bees. and I will put snap peas in, too. Snap peas, yeah. Well, snap peas are easy because you just put yeah. them in the ground they're going to grow. It's yeah.
1: a. And I may mean, like put some w- some green beans in, but that's going to be about it. Yeah, I understood
0: that. I understand uh-huh. that for sure.
1: I just, you know, it's like I worked myself to death last summer for virtually nothing.
0: Yeah, it was a bad garden year last year. My tomatoes were good, but other than that, my... My tomatoes
1: were terrible. They got something, and yeah, I don't know what they got. My tomatoes were good
0: this last year, but I'm had in a good spot in the garden. Uh, but, David, this is, not the, this is not the gardening show. It's the Immigration Hour, and you'll be glad know. to know...
1: You've got immigrants coming to uh, take care of your garden. I, then
0: I wish uh, I do have them using my garden for food from church, but I don't really have them taking care of the garden. Uh, but I have to tell you, David. Uh, do you know what uh, what monumental event happened last Thursday? So that now every man, woman, and child in Georgia is safe again.
1: No, the Georgia
0: State Legislature is over. Adjourned. The, they have adjourned. They have signed and died for the year. Uh, and uh, we're all free. We're all free still, and we're all safe still.
1: Does the uh, speaker uh, still run around the chamber?
0: I don't you think know? this speaker run around anything other than dinner table for quite some time. Ah, <laughs> David. Well, you remember
1: when uh, Speaker you know, Rawls doesn't strike me as a runner? But you remember when uh, who was it? Tom There's, Murphy was the speaker Murphy, for forty yeah, years. Yeah, for yeah,
0: yeah. He was. He was more. Of, that's why he lived to be. 89 or 90 years old I, Mr. Ross is a little bit on the heavier side I'm oh. not sure he's running around anywhere uh, but uh, they did they adjourned the legislature without passing any anti-immigration bill but they also adjourned the legislature without passing any good stuff either on immigration so the uh, the bill that would give mandate in-state tuition for DACA recipients actually never had a vote in a hearing. Had a hearing but never had a vote and uh, the bill that I had talked about last week, David, HB uh, 59, which would have uh, brought back litigation for declaratory judgment and injunctive relief against the state, uh, died because of a rather odd confluence of personalities. <laughs> uh, so we had Senator Josh McCoon from, the, uh, from Columbus, Georgia, he of the Religious Liberty Bill fame. Now, David, you got to be glad, really that Georgia did not step into that is there any good way in, in March of 2015 to step into the religious liberty debate? Huh. <laughs> is there any good way? No. I mean, especially with Georgia bidding for the 2019 Super Bowl, is there any good way for them to step into that debate? Now, you know what state did step into that with both feet and really came out smelling like a rose is Utah. Utah worked very closely with the conservative religious and the lesbian, gay, uh, bisexual, and transsexual communities and came up with a piece of legislation that everybody's pretty happy with. And they called it the Utah Compromise, which is weird because they had the the Utah Compromise for immigration as well. It seemed to be a state kind of leading the way between conservative religious principles and modern society. Do we even really need that? I don't. I don't think we need it. Do you think we need it? No. Uh, we have. What do they have? That we have that thing about religious freedom. What's that called again? I forget. I oh yeah, the Constitution. Constitution. Yes, yeah, the not Constitution. The yeah, the U.S. The Constitution. World. It's also the the Georgia Constitution on, also has the same thing in it. Then so. it
1: uh, would seem that a lot of folks aren't paying much attention to the U.S. Constitution.
0: No, they're not. But you have it open on your desk, and you have it highlighted. So I yes. do appreciate that, David. But I'm looking. I'm thinking about that. So this bill, the Religious Liberty Bill, which had it passed the Senate only because a Democratic congressman went to the bathroom. (laughs) Did you hear about this? This is great. So um, uh, a Democratic congressman was in a committee hearing, and uh, HB uh, 6, or SB 6, which was the religious liberty bill, had been, or SB 1, I forget what it is, has been tabled, and the committee was meeting, and there was only one Democrat in the room. And of course, to bring back something from the table, you need a unanimous consent. He says, "I got to go to the bathroom." And there's a three- or four-hour meeting, right? He goes to the bathroom while he's gone. No Democrats in the room. They bring the vote. They bring it out for a vote, and it gets back and it gets passed out of committee while he's while he's in the bathroom. Then it gets to the floor, where of course the Senate's going to pass it. The Georgia Republicans said they're going to pass it because they figure out oh, the House will stop it. So the House committee is chaired by uh, Senator um, Wendell Willard. Of Sandy Springs. From Sandy Springs. Sandy Springs. Sandy Springs, Wendell Wilder. Now Wendell Wilder is the same uh, legislator who had introduced H B fifty nine, which was the was which was the bill that would take away well undo the Supreme Court of Georgia's terrible decision in coastal waterways and allow individuals or groups to sue the state on declaratory judgment action seeking injunctive relief. What has been stopping us in our in state tuition litigation. At least up until this point, we are appealing to the Supreme Court uh, tomorrow. So um, so he passed that bill, and that passed out of the House with like two dissenting votes. It was 183 to 2 or something. That gets to the Senate. Now, what, and he is, Wendell Willard is the chair of the Judiciary Committee in the House. Josh McCune is the chair of the Judiciary Committee in the Georgia Senate. So both bills pass their committees, and where do they go? They go to the opposite committee. So McCune's bill goes to Willard's committee, uh, Willard's bill goes to McCune's committee. Uh, Willard says, basically, uh, this bill is terrible, Uh, it it kills Metro Atlanta, Uh, it'll affect us negatively, we don't need it, so we're not even going to have a hearing on it. McCoon goes, what what bill did you have in my committee, Representative Willard? I don't think we're going to have a hearing on that bill either. And so neither bill had a hearing, Uh, and thus they didn't pass out of committee, now, Josh McCo did attempt to amend uh, a bill on the Senate floor with his liberty bill, and, that, and it was gone. He also attempted to amend a, a driver's license bill with his anti-immigrant legislation, which also fell really on a bipartisan vote tremendously. Um, and so neither bill passed. Now, that's good and it's bad. We were very excited about the, the, this, this kind of surprise bill from Wendell Willard, which would allow us to go after the state and actually get an opinion. Is the Board of Regents acting within the law in its interpretation of its own regulations? That's all I really want to know. I don't even need the court to order them to do anything. Once they say, no, the board is not acting within the law, I'll go back to the board and say, the court said you're not acting within the law, you need to fix this. Um, and so when we appear to the Supreme Court this this week, David, at least when we seek appeal and petition for certiorari uh, of Georgia, we are going to ask the court to consider the following question. Yes, you have barred declaratory judgment actions, which also seek conjunctive relief, but you have not barred simple declaratory judgment actions. Declare what the law is. I'm not asking for any relief. I just want you to declare what the law is. Now, if they say in response to my lawsuit, no, we've already addressed this issue, can't even do that, then I think it's a sad time for Georgia because talk about the ultimate executive authority. What you're saying is the executive branch of the Georgia government can do whatever it wants and interpret its laws in any way it wants to, even in contrary to the plain meaning of the words they're using, and the courts cannot intervene. That, that should strike most people as, as just wrong. That's just wrong. Um, and if, uh, now the courts would say, well, the legislature could correct it. Well, if somebody's interpreting the law wrong, that is the ultimate function of the courts, to say, no, that law is interpreting correctly because the court's job is to interpret the law, not to enforce the law, not to create the law. Uh, So it will be interesting to see what the Supreme Court does, whether it takes my appeal or whether it sets it by the wayside, David, and says, we don't want to hear about uh, that program. Uh, We don't want to hear about it. But for the kids that are seeking equity in tuition, Uh, Another important development this week, Emory University, as a result, frankly, of some very brave Dreamers and DACA recipients, uh, has announced that they will provide uh, scholarships uh, to DACA recipients in the state of Georgia, and uh, they will uh, give them cheap tuition, which is a really huge benefit to many of these DACA kids. Now, closing out my whole student thing, and David, I don't know if you noticed this this thing on Facebook, my son pointed it out to me. A young immigrant from Nigeria was accepted to every Ivy League school. Apparently, it doesn't happen very often for anybody. Let a young young immigrant when he came here when he was 12 years old. But uh, another wonderful immigrant success story in education, because it's really only by educating our youth that we're going to be able to change the future. If we keep saying we need to import talent because we're not educating it here, and then purposely saying we're not going to educate you even though you came up in our school system. What we're saying essentially is we want to keep undocumented immigration coming. We want to keep regular immigration coming because we will not educate those in our own society. Um, our, uh, our state legislature, I think, this next session may in fact be primed for some changes in that regard, now we're going to see. It's going to be an election year now. Our Georgia is an interesting legislature because they they only meet forty days a year, and they're forty days in sequence unless the governor calls a special session. He's not calling a special session, uh, so if they meet in sequence beginning January next year, they've meet from January to March, which is during what that's going on nationally to all my listeners. The presidential primaries will be going on, right? So the politics of national uh, immigration, tuition, students, is all going to come to the forefront in Georgia. So we need to keep on our toes for this next legislative year. Let's come back here for the next segment on the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio.
2: Si usted tiene problemas con inmigración o asuntos que tiene que arreglar, llame a los abogados de Cook Immigration Partners. Somos en su lado. Tenemos más de 50 años de experiencia haciendo las leyes de inmigración y defendiendo a los inmigrantes. Llámenos hoy a las 404-816-8611. A las 404-816-86-11, o al www.immigration.net.
0: With all the back and forth in today's politics, it seems as though the Constitution gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on AmericasWebRadio.com. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport to the immigration maze. Whether it's help with E-Verify in your business or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net.
1: This is America's AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you.
0: David, you, know, you asked a great question off the air. I think I want to address this because I think it goes to the issue of where people fall in the immigration perspective. And I think you asked, I mean, does it seem like the courts and the legislatures in Congress is becoming less useful or or more irrelevant? And I don't think it is in in this context that we have simply so much more information about them, about politics, about reasoning, about opinion, than we've ever had before. It used to be we wake up in the morning... And the newspaper would be on our front porch and we'd read the newspaper. And that's all the information we had for the day until we got at home at night and we watched the news. And that's 30 minutes. That's literally the information we had. That's how I grew up. That's how you grew up. It's how, for example, when I grew up during the Vietnam War conflict, I was in my you know, I was 8, 10, 12 years old when that was going on. And my views of war and, and, and the military were shaped by what I saw in the news at night, which was not good. Okay? But Today you wake up in the morning and you check your Facebook page and you read your email. Now Facebook people are, you're not looking for your information. You're looking for information people are feeding you. So from their opinions, this is important to me. This is something I believe in. This is a joke. They put that on Facebook and you're, you're reading that. Then you go to your your five or six favorite websites. Now you're going to Newsmax and you're going to World Net Daily and you're going to the Drudge Report. And you're going to the Daily Caller, and you're going to Fox News, or maybe you're going to MSNBC, and you're going to The Onion, or you're going to uh, uh, the Huffington Post, or you're going to the Talking Points Memo. And so you've got your worldview set up for you every morning. Now, David, when I open my Chrome every day at work in the morning, I actually open up 18 websites at one time. This is one of the cool things I love about Chrome. I, I'm sure Explorer does that, but it always crashed for me. So... So I open up 18 different websites. And they come all those websites I made, I open up all of them. I have survivalblog.com. I've got the Weather Channel. I've got Drudge. I've got Daily Caller. I've got Fox. I've got Talking Poison. I've got Huffington Post. I've got... Uh, I, I haven't heard America's Web Radio go by. Now. Because I I listen to that every Tuesday, David. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's in my podcast. I get that. Uh, so every morning I check... The headlines of all these places. And you know what's fascinating when you do this? The same stories, including, and I've seen that as well, because I want the middle, right? What does the middle stand for? The same story in different headlines on eight or ten different websites, and every one of them puts it from their perspective. And it's fascinating to see. You know, for example, the, the recent Obama uh, Accord or framework with Iran, uh, some websites were framing that as, Finally, somebody stepped forward with Iran, and we're going to try to do something that brings them into the world of nations. Others, Obama is a traitor. Uh, We we don't even have an agreement of anything yet. We have an outline of an agreement.
1: Uh, You you realize his quote-unquote framework or whatever... Is the same as his immigration policy. Oh I, no, both, I don't doubt both, any of that. Uh, both are undocumented.
0: Both are That's very <laughs> funny. So you've got a a very interesting perspective. But you're asking, are these are these institutions irrelevant? No, we just have so much more information about them, and so much about news. And I would tell you, of the state of the the websites I just told you, would you consider any of them other than CNN, and the mainstream media?
1: Not today. It's so diverse. You
0: know what is mainstream? So what is the mainstream media today? What is that?
1: It's whatever you want to. Yeah,
0: whatever you want to be. So want people talk about the mainstream media. Well, what is that? I mean, if I'm opening up 18 different websites and I'm, I'm including Survival Blog and the Huffington Post in there, clearly I'm pretty well read on a lot of this stuff.
1: Well, I think the, the quote unquote mainstream media goes back to ABC, NBC, and CBS. As a, and the who watches time, them anymore? But who watches them? Anymore? I
0: mean, nobody watches that stuff anymore. I mean, I don't even go to their websites. They're to me, they're irrelevant. Uh, David, I was getting physical therapy this morning okay, on, my, on my tennis elbow, which is still killing me six months later. Not made any better by transplanting 400 plants and playing tennis, <laughs> uh, golf twice this weekend. Uh, but on the TV, normally when I go, in, if there's a guy that, that's doing the therapy that day, ESPN's on. If it's all women in there. Good Morning America and Michael and Kelly. Talk about drivel. I mean, okay, nobody expects hard news or important information from ESPN. It's an entertainment channel. You go to Good Morning America and Michael and Kelly, that is mindless drivel. People that watch that, I'm sorry, mindless drivel. Far less. So how does this relate to immigration? Davis, it's the same thing on Immigration. People's opinions are formed by the information they seek, somewhat by the information you give them. So on my Facebook page, David, I force-feed my more conservative friends than I positive information on immigration. Now, my Democratic friends think I'm right on all this stuff. My conservative friends think I'm a crazy loon on this stuff. But I'm the only place that they're going to, because my super conservative friends, they'll open up The Daily Caller, Fox News... News, Newsmax, World Net Daily, and uh, maybe the Drudge Report. That's their world. Okay? Where, you know, things like illegal aliens increasing in America. I mean, crazy stuff like that. When you go to the mainstream media or the liberal left, and you might see numbers down substantially from last year, although they're still at 3,000 a month for undocumented youth coming in. Uh, so you see the different points of view. So your view on immigration depends a lot about What media are you looking at? And that's why I even subscribe to the anti-immigration groups' emails, the Center for Immigration Studies. I want to know what they're thinking and what spin they're putting on things so I can better understand the facts. And really, David, there are, in fact, facts out there. You can get facts without opinion, but you have to dig for them. Any of the the websites I just told you, they're not, other than perhaps CNN, uh, they're not necessarily news sites where news is being reported. They are news mixed with opinion or, rather, simply pure opinion. What do you consider a fact? I consider a fact statistical information. I consider a fact reports written by the Office of um, Management and Budget. I consider facts written by independent agencies without an axe to grind. Organizations.
1: I, w- I will take facts... Written facts, verbiage, over any number that you call factual, mm-hmm. because we both know the numbers can be. Well, any what was what you was want. what was
0: the famous quote from uh, Mark Twain? There are lies, damn lies, and statistics. Yeah. Uh, but if you're looking, for example, you look at Obama's numbers. Yesterday was a great report that came out from the uh, Immigration Policy Center. The truth behind. Obama's deportation numbers. Now, you got to go, well, what's your agenda? You're a pro-immigration group. Uh, you're for reform. What's your agenda? And I, actually, their numbers were surprisingly clear. I said, look, over the last 20 years, here are the removals. Now, removals, and it, it took the time to differentiate between deportations, physical deportations, one, expedited removals, that is, deportations at the border because they're different. Deportations from the U.S., interior, are different from deportations at the border, and then uh, returns. Returns are where there is no uh, deportation action taken against you. You're just literally saying, okay, you know, Maria, I'm just going to take you back to the border. I'll you know, take your prince and take you back to the border. That's a return. So if you go back 20 years, returns were the most important thing. I mean, there was a million people a year being returned back in the 90s. Early tooth Bush, Bush and Clinton return, return, and this and it's it, there wasn't a million of the same people. It was you know a quarter million of the same people getting caught four different times. I even mean, have clients David that were caught four, five, six, eight, ten times, and every time, hey, hey, Jose, hey, Mike, how you doing today? Oh, you caught me. I'm gone. I'll see you tomorrow. Okay, I'll see you tomorrow. And they come back the next day and don't get caught. So you see this downward trend on returns. So that last year there were fewer than two hundred thousand returns at the bar. People they caught. They weren't going to prosecute because there was no prior history with them. They didn't want to get the hassle of going to immigration court. They didn't have time, so they just returned them to their country. But you saw expedited removals, that is, removals at the border. People who had been here before, people who had been caught before, returned, being prosecuted and then removed at the border, what we call expedited removals. And then you had just the regular removals from ICE. And the expedited removals and the removals from here to the country are setting record numbers under 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 Obama but the returns are far less now that's the reason that returns are important to notice is it means there are fewer people coming into the country for the first time not that they're not catching them but in fact they've made it so much harder to come in the country and it's so much more likely to be caught that people aren't trying in as good of numbers as they used to so now instead of saying a million people came across our border last year in fact, the numbers are in the low hundreds, maybe 200,000, 300,000 at the most came across. And many of those were returned. It's why our numbers are staying about the same on undocumented immigration. And yet at the same time, the whole youth movement, the whole the kids that are coming up here from Central America, there appears to be now, David, now there are scams. Now there are people coming with fake birth certificates saying they're 16 or 17 when in fact they're 18, 19, or 20. And there is no super reliable way to tell the difference between a 17-year-old and an 18-year-old. The old INS day used to do a bone test. And I forget how it worked, but it had to do with the size of your forearm and the length of between your wrist bones or something like that. And they would x-ray and they could say, well, you're 16 or you're 20. It has something to do with how your bone set. But hormones in modern beef and chickens and stuff have made that impossible, I think, to, to be accurate anymore. Uh, so now they last summer at its peak they were getting 6,000 5,000 kids and people coming in the country they weren't coming illegally they were literally going up to the border and exercising their rights under our international treaty obligations to seek asylum We, we have an international treaty obligation somebody shows up and says I'm afraid to go back we have to. We can't return them. We have to have and go through an asylum process. Now, that asylum process involves, as we've talked previously, an initial credible fear interview by an asylum officer. If credible fear is found, that is, there's a reasonable be- reason to believe that you'd be afraid if you went, that you would be afraid if you went back, your claim could be real. Then you will have a chance to file for asylum. Now, in the past, people that passed credible fear were then released into the American Society to report back at a court date. Now, those returns back to court dates could range from three months later today, but I've got one that came in yesterday. Two years ago, she was at the border, past credible fear, given her notice, okay, you need to go to court, we'll let you know the date. She still does not have a court date. Two years later. Who is that fair to? So, they come in and they want a credible fear. Now, Obama's administration, what they're trying to do, we're going to talk about lots in the next hour, they're trying to dissuade people from coming in by keeping them in jails, including families, keeping them in jails in Texas uh, while they wait for their hearings for weeks and months at a time. And that's causing no reduction in people coming in because if you, if you have a real fear, what is better? Staying in El Salvador with the thought that today is your last day to breathe or coming up to the U.S. with your infant child and sitting in, in, a, in a prison waiting to have a hearing. What is worse for you? You're going to choose to jail most times out of 10, okay? Now, there is a real strong movement moving forward, which we're going to talk about in the next break, to shut down these so-called family detention centers, which are really family jails where kids are in custody every single day. Uh, Let's take a break here on the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio.
2: Si usted ha casado con un ciudadano o tiene problemas con inmigración o tiene una oferta de trabajo, llama a los abogados de Cook Immigration Partners. Somos un lado, con más de 10 años de experiencia en la ley de inmigración. Conocemos la ley y sabemos cómo ayudarle. Llámenos hoy a las 404-816861. A las 404-816861. O visítenos al www.immigration.net.
1: Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on americaswebradio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on americaswebradio.com anytime you like.
0: Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verifying your business, or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules, or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net.
1: This is America's AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you.
0: Welcome back to the next segment here on America's AmericasWebRadio, the Immigration Hour, which is, I do believe, David, still... The most listened to podcast on immigration in the known universe.
1: I, I, I'm a little limited on checking out the universe, but yeah. uh, I think you're probably close. Pretty close. Pretty close. Well, to, let me. Uh, you know, if somebody had just tuned in, and, and I think this is a problem, but it's it's a problem that again has been caused by the media and and instilled in all of our minds. But if somebody had just tuned in, they would say, "Well," This guy's only talking about the Mexican border. And yet we have four borders. People come in illegally from China and other places. They'll dock their ships and they'll sneak in. They'll park their ships off the coast of uh, California, off the coast of uh, the East Coast. I don't think many, but some. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we we obviously I think we have a bigger problem with the Canadian border than, than is ever really addressed. So I guess what I'm saying is that um, I think I think we need to address all all borders, not just the we southern border. We always focus on
0: the southern border because these people are different than us, there, David. They're different from us. Although that's nothing to do with race, they're different from us culturally different, they look different, they talk different, and so it's easy to focus on that as the border when you're right. There are f- there are other borders, the Canadian border, um, which is uh, a- immensely larger than the Mexican border, uh, much harder to, quote, defend and to protect. And, of course, even bigger than all that are our, are, our, are our sea entries in the United States, which are massive. I mean, stretching from Maine to to Texas, and then from uh, California up to Washington. They're, I mean, they're massive. But, um, the idea that we can build a fortress America hmm. by simply excluding people, it just doesn't work. I mean and it doesn't have it doesn't we don't need it. We don't need that. What we need is a legal immigration system that attracts the people that we want and distracts those we don't want. And that's not the system we currently have. Not the system we currently have. Now, David, we were talking before the break about this idea. Um, that we are keeping women and children in custody. Uh, one of the places they're keeping them is a place called the Carnes County Residential Center. Now, they're building a residential center near my house, David. <coughs> and I had to sneeze just now, sorry about that. But, David, it's for old people.
1: <laughs>
0: so, when you think of a residential center, I know, I got literature like on an, it's an Alzheimer's <laughs> treatment center, right? So, an Alzheimer's place. And they have security in place, obviously, which they need. Uh, But this is not one of those places. Uh, The women detained at the Carnes County Residential Center in Texas, this is an article by Michelle Chen of Culture Strike, don't know exactly where they are. They're isolated, unsure of their legal fate, whether they can remain in the U.S. on humanitarian preve, and walled off from the outside world in a remote patch of Texas, which is known primarily as a place where migrants go to disappear. Amid all the unknowns about this place, women do know two things. They belong with their children, and they do not belong there. After enduring months of incarceration, they know they won't get a free without a fight. They've launched a hunger strike and a creative storytelling campaign to demand justice, exercising the last bit of autonomy they have as they languish in a no-man's land. In an open letter to ICE, more than 70 women, including many seeking asylum after fleeing poverty and violence in their home countries, are demanding that their cases be heard as humanitarian claims, which is a ground for asylum. And as they are released from detention while remaining together with their children. And as they press for release on bond, they are refusing to cooperate with their captors. The mothers will not participate in the center's labor regime. They want women to work at the jail, right? In which detainees run the laundry facility. Nor will they send their kids to their school, holding on hope the children will be one day be allowed to sit in a regular American classroom. And this is a quote. There are mothers here who have been locked in this place for as long as 10 months. We also have mothers. That because they have a previous deportation are not granted a bond. They are granting a bond to their children but not allowing out the mothers. This is the motive that we have taken from uniting ourselves initiating hunger strikes that you can see and feed our desperate feel our desperation. You should know that this is only the beginning, we will not stop until we achieve our objective. This strike will continue until every one of us is freed. A good friend of mine, who's a lawyer at a large immigration law firm in Chicago Uh, had volunteered at one of these centers early on last year when the the nightmare was beginning uh, for these women and children. And she joined in this hunger strike this weekend. I mean, I'm just so proud of of Rebecca and her uh, solidarity with these women. But this is something, David, do we really want to keep women and children in jails who have past credible fear? These women who are eligible to apply for asylum. They're harming no one. They receive no public benefits while they're here. So they're actually costing us money they would not be costing us.
1: When was the last time it was a good idea to keep people in jail? How can you keep someone in jail without charging them with something? I thought that Welcome was a- to the immigration world. Their I- charge is a civil charge of being
0: inadmissible to the United States. These women did not sneak in, they show up at the port of entry and exercise their rights under our laws to seek asylum. And so why aren't you suing the
1: hell out of somebody? <laughs> we are working on that, David.
0: Uh, the, here's the problem. Congress has, does not allow you
1: to sue. Okay? But there, there's, you can't incarcerate me without a charge what, for well, a reason Well, David, for what, what
0: lawsuit would you bring then? It would have to be a petition for writ of habeas corpus. The petition for writ of habeas corpus, what was called the great writ, writ large in common law history, works well in the criminal field in the United States. In the immigration context, it's much more limited in its authority because Congress, uh, the courts, the Supreme Court, consider Congress as having plenary power and authority over immigration. And if Congress says that individuals should be detained while waiting at an asylum, asylum hearing, then most courts will defer to that. Let me ask. Plus, David, where, where do they bring their lawsuit? They'd have to bring it in Texas, where someone like our favorite friend Judge Hannon is, <laughs> who is not going to hear these cases, so why bring
1: the lawsuit? So are they literally in course or Do do the cells slam behind them every? These night are through? cells.
0: These are not. These are not hotel rooms with locks on the door. These they're not. Neither are they like the cells at a maximum security prison. But no, they are locking units where there is a toilet in the room. There isn't a separate bedroom, and where mothers and children are kept in the same room, uh, and it is run by uh, private prisons. Private prisons. So. I mean, this is why I think these this, uh, private prisons. What a horrible thing! Why
1: horrible? Why thing. is the media?
0: Well, the thing is, where is the mainstream media? I, this is not. This is not on the mainstream media. Where's any media? Where's well, you got a little bit of media on the internet, but nothing really big. HuffPost has got a couple of things on it, but really nothing. Uh, nothing really that uh, that would strike you as being uh, as legit as helping to unlegitimize what is a terrible situation for these
1: people i believe you told me or on this show it had been brought out that there's a somewhat a of a similar situation in georgia but be it whether it's similar or not you can't take any pictures can you take pictures of this place
0: well there are pictures on the internet of the outside of the facility because it's run by a private prison and they're marketing their business right there are very few pictures of the inside that I'm aware of because the lawyers are not allowed to take any electronic I- I stuff in. They can't bring their iPads. They can't bring their f- iPhones in when they meet with these people. So there's no way to sneak or get pictures out. Uh, although, for example, did you see the kid who got beat up in the Georgia prison and it was posted to Facebook by prisoners who have cell phones? When did cell? When did prisoners get cell phones? <laughs> I mean,
1: I just, I Man. To in. me, uh. it's
0: very strange, David. Um, there is, uh, David. This is this is just a. This is a terrible thing. This is a terrible thing. Um, the uh, there is a big event. Uh, the, other, the other family detention center is a place called Dilly, in Dilly, Texas. And on May second, there's going to be a uh, facility. This is what Dilly looks like, by the way. It Looks like a prison camp, doesn't it? Just like a prison camp. Uh, to close the Dilly Detention Center in Dilly, Texas. So I encourage everybody to go to. The, you can you can hashtag. End family detention. Uh, if you, or you can get to the uh, the the rally they're going to have in Dilly, Texas. I have no idea where Dilly, Texas is, David. Do you know where Dilly is? Uh, I
1: I've never even heard of it until you uh, mentioned we, we it. We should, it should last Google week. where
0: Dilly, Texas is. Uh, it spell, must not be spell. that far from Austin because they're leaving from Austin. So it can't be that far from Austin. Uh, and, and
1: it's spelled D
0: I L L E Y, Dilly, Texas. Um, and. Uh, You know what they were doing to these women who were on hunger strike? Apparently, they they, they each have like a small refrigerator in their room for the kids' snacks and stuff because the kids are with them. They emptied the refrigerators of the kids' snacks because the mothers were on hunger strike. Why would they do that? To punish the mothers, right? And to punish the kids. So, okay, you're going to do this? We're going to mistreat your kids. This is, this is abuse, David. Now, I have a, uh, another good friend, and i got to get Brian on our radio show here with us one day. Uh, Brian Johnson from uh, New York, a young lawyer, terrific uh, advocate for his clients and for the cause, pointed out that in order for a facility to hold children in Texas, they must be licensed by the state of Texas. These facilities aren't licensed by the state of Texas.
1: Who do they answer to?
0: That's a great question. They're under contract with ICE. But there's no federal detention centers for detaining children. So I mean this whole thing smacks of illegality. Smacks of illegality. Yes, David, yet the Obama administration this is from the Obama administration. They are abusing women and children as Brian would say. And yet no one does anything. Where is the Republican outcry? You want to you want to show yourself as Republicans that you support immigrants? Speak out against Obama. It is outrageous that Obama is holding women and children in detention centers. We can do better than this. You don't, Put them on ankle bracelets. I'm not Put them on ankle bracelets. It's cheaper anyway. Monitor them that way. But to keep them in jail, this is a punishment and a, and a way to try to send a message. Since when did prison serve as deterrence to anybody? David, do you not commit crimes because you're deterred from going to prison? Is that why you don't commit crimes? No, you commit crimes because you don't commit crimes. You know they're morally wrong. So rather than the Obama administration doing the upside to selling why you shouldn't come illegally to the country, they focus on the punishment side. The punishment side is never, never, never going to stop people from coming illegally to the United States.
1: So where is the... Immigration Attorneys Association and
0: oh, they're all over this, David. We're we're, we're doing our they? best. We're right. doing our best. Then I need
1: to help you get in front of a camera. I I agree. Um, you know, so you're and not doing a you're not doing a good enough job. We are not doing a good enough job. If the public doesn't know about it, uh, and the public doesn't know about this, and the public they, doesn't they just know. don't know about
0: this. They have no idea. This, that this would be is
1: this would this should be a question. You know, you know, you don't go up to Hillary and say, well, what's your immigration policy? You know, well, she'll, she'll give you some kind of goofy answer or whatever you want to say. You go up to any of the candidates and you say, what do you think about the Carnes County Residential Center? What do you think about Gilly?
0: Yeah, Gilly.
1: You-
0: Dilly, yeah. Dilly, Dilly. Uh, G- Gilly's the guy who sings country music. yeah. Which, by the way, is halfway between San Antonio and Laredo. Oh, okay. I got on,
1: Laredo. on 35.
0: it's right. Okay. A little tiny town on 35.
1: Um, oh, but that's... You need to... They, they should... You Your association be, should be running ads. Uh, David, I agree. This. They should be all over this like
0: a fly on stink, but... And they're doing what they can with the budget that they have, but you know, this immigration lawyers are not trial lawyers; they're not PI lawyers. They don't have unlimited budgets. We don't walk around with with money flopping out of our pockets. Um, and so you've got a situation here where they're just being held in this little hellhole in Dilly, Texas. I'll give you a street view street view of Dilly, Texas. There you go, David. There's Dilly, Texas. Looks like a lot of towns in Texas, I would imagine.
1: No, not well, yeah. Rural, Texas. rural,
0: Te- in rural Texas, uh, right by the Dollar General and the Double Wide. Somebody started by living in, um, but this whole family detention thing, this is morally wrong. I don't care what your party is; it's morally wrong. There's a better way to do this. There's an absolutely better way to do this, and uh, you can change the immigration laws to say, "Oh, we're no longer going to provide for people to apply for asylum at the border." Well, we can't do that because of our international treaty obligations, plus Obama wouldn't sign that, Uh, but there's got to be a better way, there's just simply got to be a better way for us to handle what is a humanitarian concern, not...
1: An immigration concern. Let's Why
2: take I, uh, gonna do one more thing before we take a break. Yeah, then? we're going to take a break. I'm sorry. I'll take was... a break here on the immigration hour. Sure, immigration cómo ayudarle. la ley. Y sé que alguna gente podemos ayudar. Llámanos hoy a las 404-816861. A las 404-816861. O visitenos en el internet ww.immigration.net.
1: Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on America's WebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on Webradio.com anytime you like.
0: Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business, or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules, or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866 286 6200, or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net.
1: This is America's Webradio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you.
0: Welcome back to America's web Radio, David, it's been a good show today. I've been enjoying the show, it's, it's been good. Now, David, I want to kind of move on from Dilly and from Carnes, but I would love to ask some. Um, You should ask some of your other hosts. You know, hey, what do you what do you think about the the whole Carnes and Dilly detention center with families? They go what?
1: Exactly. They were detaining. And then you hand them a pamphlet and say, "This is what you're supporting." This is what you're supporting. Did you support this?
0: Well, they shouldn't have come illegally anyway. They weren't immigrating; they were fleeing. That's 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 a massive difference. It's a massive difference. Now, David, I want to conclude our show last segment here as we talk about the uh, upcoming oral arguments on April 17th uh, in the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals. We still don't know who the panel is going to be uh, in the Fifth Circuit, but I do know this, David. Uh, Judge Hannon will be overturned. (laughs) I mean, I know that for sure. Uh, And why do I know that? Why do I know that very simple piece of information? I know that because the more you think about Judge Hannon's rationale for finding standing, the more you think... Now, David, you probably remember my argument from literally the day he issued his opinion. Wait a second. You're giving standing to a state because they are losing money issuing subsidized driver's licenses to, undock to, to people with DACA. Don't subsidize it. You can't... Basically, it's like saying you're in a car accident and you, you didn't get injured, you walk out of the car and you walk into a post on purpose so you can sue the guy who had you in the car accident. Hey, I got injured. Walked into a post because you hit me with the car. Huh? You intentionally got injured. So now Texas is claiming they will intentionally injure themselves in order for them to have standing. Sorry. I mean, that. It, it's a joke. It's a joke. I, and the Fifth Circuit will see right through that. But even if for some reason they decide... Well, I guess in some alternate universe, they could be injured. Uh, The whole underlying basis of stopping the action was overturned by the Supreme Court in the mortgage banker's case. Uh, This week, uh, two separate briefs were filed. One, uh, in which our own mayor, Mayor uh, uh, Reed from Atlanta, joined with leaders from 70 other cities and counties, some going against their states like Mayor Reed, In a legal brief, asking the appeals court to allow the program to move forward. And here's what it says. Quote, Continuing to delay implementation of the President's executive action on immigration hurts our economy and puts families at risk. Cities are where immigrants live, and cities are where the President's executive action will ultimately be successfully implemented. Our cities are united, and we will fight for the immigration reform this country needs and deserves, whether in the courtroom, in Congress, or in our communities. Make no mistake about it, our voices will be heard. Now, so David, we have 26 states led by Texas. Now, we haven't seen their their response yet. I cannot wait to get the giggle meter going when I see the Texas' response on uh, on this lawsuit. But 14 states and the District of Columbia, including some led by Republicans, filed an amicus brief saying the program should be allowed to go forward. Um, so, the states signing on who joined the lawsuit uh, Houston, Texas, against Houston against Texas, is part of the suit. Uh, Atlanta, contrary to Georgia. Charlotte, contrary to North Carolina. Uh, some states in South Carolina. Some cities in uh, Arizona, Ohio, Indiana, Arkansas, Wisconsin, Florida, and Utah also signed on, even though their states are suing. Uh, here's interesting nearly every House Democrat. 181 of them signed on to another amicus brief filed on Monday asking the appeals court to lift the injunction. The House Democrats' amicus brief says, quote, they well understand the importance of ensuring that executive does not exceed its constitutional statutory authority, but goes on to say that lawmakers understand the executive has authority to use discretion in enforcing the law. The broad discretionary authority to set removal policies and priorities is both explicit and implicit in the nation's immigration laws, and has been exercised also by prior administrations of both parties, in ways consistent with the secretary's action. So, you've got these competing briefs now. The other brief, David, that I signed on to, so I submitted an Amicus brief. Are you proud of me? Always. I right, am. Now, fortunately, all I do, all I had to do, was sign it because all the hard work was done uh, by the Munger firm out in L.A. and it was organized by a uh, Professor Hiroshi. Who, who is a professor of law, at, I think he's at UCLA these days. I may be wrong; I think he may have moved, but I think he's at UCLA. Uh, where 150 law professors have immigration law professors have signed on to this brief as well. Uh, David, this is this is a big deal. This is a, 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 a as you would say it in the old country. This is a muy big deal. Um, and uh, the law professor brief. What I really like about it uh, is that it uh, it doesn't get into the politics. See, the states are all about, well, Obama said 27 times he didn't have authority to change the law, which he doesn't. But he does have authority to create enforcement priorities within the statutory framework already provided by Congress. Uh, And so our brief, which is um, really about, eh, let's say about 25 pages of written argument, uh, really goes into the rationale and the authority of the executive. For example, a federal agency, this is from the Supreme Court in the Heckler v. Cheney case in 85, has absolute discretion to decide whether a violation of law to administers warrants an enforcement action. So, the, the federal agency can enforce every law, they can enforce no laws. It is entirely up to them, per the Supreme Court, period. Do you think that every law gets enforced every day in Sandy Springs? No. Does every law get enforced every day in Fulton County? No. Does every law get enforced every day in Georgia? No. Does every law get enforced every day in the United States? No. Why? Why? Be impossible. It's impossible. Resources. You want to live in a police state? And even in a police state, every law doesn't get enforced. So rather than live in a police state, this is one reason why I run for office, David. I want to undo laws. I want to pass laws that undo laws. I want to pass laws that eliminate laws that we don't need. Okay, This discretion ri- arises from the fact that given limited resources, agencies cannot enforce every law. So this rule about not having about the executive branch choosing not to indict or not to enforce, has special relevance in the immigration policy context, where Congress has given complete authority to the executive branch and broad authority to one, this is in the CFR, uh, in, in the USC, Section 103, establish regulations, issue instructions, and perform such other acts as he deems necessary for carrying out his authority. I mean, you can whine and moan all you want about the unconstitutionality of Obama's actions, but they're legal. At the end of the day, they are constitutional and they are legal. Period. End of story. There isn't any way around this. Uh, It makes for a great talking point. Obama is violating the Constitution of the United States. He's a horrible human being. He's committing treason. It's not true. It's a great talking point, and it sounds great on talk radio, but it's just not true. When you take the time to actually get facts, David, which you will find written in the statutory codes of the United States. Uh, And facts, in these cases, hurt people that don't really care about them. Um, Now, the, the brief from the law professors, which I really like, as it goes through uh, a lot of this enforcement action uh, status, says this, deferred action as applied to both individual non-citizens and classes of non-citizens is a well-established form of enforcement discretion recognized by Congress, formal agency regulations, and the courts. Um, now, the uh, what I like about this brief is it literally just walks through every statutory ground for what and regulatory ground for what Obama has done. It goes through every single one and concludes it is beyond dispute and it's not disputed in this litigation that the secretary has authority to decide what categories of non citizens are eligible for work authorization and when lawful presence occurs accrues. As this court has explained in the Fifth Circuit, so this is the court where it's at, the secretary's discretion is unfettered. Unfettered. Okay, I had a friend in high school's name was Fetter. His last name was Fetter. It's unfettered, unlimited. Whereas here, the secretary has been granted discretionary authority to grant relief by a statute that does not restrict the consideration which may be relied upon. This is a paralysis case from 1990. It's just terrible, David. When information and case law is directly on point with what you're talking about, directly on point, uh, there, there's I don't see any way, legally, factually, or morally, for the Fifth Circuit to uphold this decision. And the more I read about it, the more I come become convinced that Judge Hannon was driven by pure politics and not by any understanding or in desire to understand the laws applicable to immigration um, and so uh, I would encourage folks uh, to read the law professor's brief I would just google amicus or Amicai, law professor's brief 5th um, uh, circuit uh, Hannon and it will come right up and uh, proud to have my name associated with it uh, at um, uh, with, with I think, so many luminaries in, in the law. Uh, David, uh, let's see, today is the se- 6th or 7th, 7th, right?
1: So, yes.
0: so in 10 days from today, and I guess that's a Friday. That'd be right. Be a Friday.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Friday the 70th, oral argument. Uh, unfortunately, David, uh, we're not going to be broadcasting live from there, but the following Tuesday, so in two weeks, we will do a synopsis of that oral argument and really delve into it. Maybe we can get uh, one of those folks attending the oral argument to be on with us to talk about how that worked. Uh, So David, until next week, it's been an awesome Immigration Hour here on America's Web Radio. If you want to reach out to us, David, what's your Twitter handle here at at America's Web Radio? America Web Radio. America Web Radio with no S. put the S on it. No S. America, it's too long, right? So Twitter handle at America Web Radio, or my Twitter Twitter handle is C Cook, C K U C K. If the show doesn't work, Twitter David, not me, because he's better at fixing stuff than I am. Uh, Or you can email me, and you can email me questions on Twitter. Uh, You can Facebook me at Charles Cook or Cook Immigration Partners. Or you can email me at chuck at immigration.net. Until next week, this is the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio.
1: This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you.